Welcome to Mission Matters, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old mission that is SLU, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. In his poem, Little Getting, T.S. Eliot writes this, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. For me, this speaks to the cycle of life. We begin at birth when we come from the mind of God. We make our journey through life with all its ups and downs and twists and turns. And then at the end of the journey, we enter into eternal life with God again, returning to that place where we came from, the mind and the heart of God. But all the years in between, from our birth to our death, these are the times when we get to learn how to seek the face of God in the here and now. So welcome back to Mission Matters. Um, we are now in our third episode, I believe, of doing Mission Matters via Zoom uh, and transferring that Zoom interview into a podcast. So for those of you listening from home, if there's some skips and starts, we apologize for that. We're doing the best we can in these different and strange circumstances. But today, our guest is Tom Offenberg, who is a proud SLU grad from the law school in 1980. So Tom, we're happy to have you with us today, and we're really looking forward to hearing from you about this initiative called Next Chapter, which I'm gonna let you talk mostly about it, but just for purposes of introduction for everybody, Tom serves as the program director for Next Chapter, and we are in its third year of cohorts. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Let's tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, your connection with SLU, and then um, anything you'd like to tell us about Next Chapter. Well, first of all, Thanks for uh, interviewing me on Next Chapter. It's a subject I enjoy talking about and hope your audience will enjoy hearing about. My uh, relationship with SLU really started officially in 1977 when I enrolled in, in their law school and graduated in 1980. And I've always been a fan of SLU and was involved in uh, attending their basketball games and attending events on campus. But my, my involvement with SLU became a little more stronger and more formalized when I uh, decided to create a program called Next Chapter and approach Chris Collins about having SLU sponsor it. So I'd really say my very strong relationship with SLU, other than being a basketball fan and a donor, uh, really started with the uh, beginning of this Next Chapter program. So where did the inspiration for Next Chapter come from? And what is it? I mean, just give us the um, skeleton of what it's all about. Well, the inspiration came, I participated in a program that was designed to help people nearing retirement kind of plan their what their life would look like upon retirement. And having participated in that program, it struck me during that program that what I would like to consider doing in my next chapter was developing a, a similar program but grounded in Ignatian spirituality. I really could see where Ignatian spirituality 
would, could be a, a key component to that type of program. That was a component the program I participated in did not have. Uh, so kind of the, the idea behind next chapter is people with longer life expectancies potentially have a lot of time left from the time they might traditionally retire. And they may want to do something with that time, but they're not sure what that is. So a program like Next Chapter is designed to, to use Ignatian spirituality as well, well as some other tools to help them kind of discern what the, their next chapter of life might look like. So how do you get the word out about Next Chapter? A variety of ways. Being affiliated with SLU has been very helpful. The word gets sent out in various ways to their alums. I use the White House retreat newsletter to publicize the program. Got several articles written about the program in the St. Louis Review. We try to get a blurb in numerous parish bulletins. Uh, and fortunately now, probably the best way to get the word out, having had a, over 100 people participate in the programs, is word of mouth. Those people are very helpful in, in us getting the word out. So you don't have to be a SLU graduate, is that right? No, you, you don't have to be a SLU alum. That's a discussion Father and Collins and I had prior to starting the program, and, and I was pleased. It kinda, I wanted it to be very available to SLU alums, and, and, uh, but I kind of thought it was a great way for SLU to uh, impact the larger community, and he was very much in favor of that. So it is available to SLU alums and non-alums. Most come from the St. Louis community, but we've had people come, a number come from Iowa, and a couple come from Kansas City. So it even impacts, you know, some people outside of St. Louis, yeah. Wow. So tell me a little bit about, um, like, if somebody signed up for this, what, what should they expect? Well, we start by promoting information sessions. So we don't really ask people to kind of make a commitment without a, a good understanding of what the program involves. And we usually hold those information sessions in May and June. We start in the fall in October. This year, due to this coronavirus, we'll probably be holding those information sessions more in September and early October. But once they've been informed of what the program's about, in, in brief, the program is a six-month program that meets monthly. And it meets, we've been blessed to have about 36 people each year, and we break them into two groups of 18. One has historically met on Thursday afternoon, the others on, other one on Saturday morning. We meet six times uh, in, in regular sessions, October, November, January, February, March, and April. There's a retreat after the fourth session in March, and then a couple of follow-up events. So they're, they're basically committing to six sessions uh, once a month, and uh, in the retreat, I would say, and people who do it, I tell them to plan on probably five to seven hours of work that they may do in between those monthly meetings. Wow, that's fantastic. So what kind of um, feedback do you get from the participants about how helpful it is or what it means to them? Well, now you're asking me to brag a bit, but we do yeah. have the program evaluated at the end of every year, both to tweak it, but also to learn if people have been generally satisfied with it. And I would say that we're probably running at about a 90 to 95 percent people saying that it exceeded, met or exceeded their expectations. 
they found it very helpful and that they would recommend it to a friend or a spouse or a work colleague or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gotten very good reviews from those people who have participated in it thus far. I, I do think, you know, people feel it to be, and, and I didn't say this when I was introducing it and kind of talking about SLU's role, but but one of the reasons I wanted to approach SLU and, and try to base the program at a university like SLU, first of all, I wanted it to, to be a Jesuit university that had this kind of Ignatian foundation, Ignatian Spirituality Foundation. But secondly, I, I thought it was really kind of an ideal thing for a university to offer to people approaching retirement. They do a wonderful job preparing people for their work life. Mm. But as I say, with the longer life expectancies many people are looking at and retiring at an age when they still have a lot of energy, I thought it an ideal place for a university to insert themselves back into the life of their alums to help them prepare for what might be another 15 or 20 years of some kind of new phase of life. As I said, Father Chris Collins thought the same. He agreed with that and really wanted to see St. Louis U providing this kind of assistance to the St. Louis community, including SLU alums. I think one of the things that I am um, most taken by with the whole program is the use of discernment through the entire thing. Like that retirement isn't just an ending. Retirement needs to be looked at as, I guess, a transitional moment into something new and different. I I love that. And I love the marriage of that moment of transition with Ignatian discernment. That's actually really unique and awesome. I think retirement is one of the more challenging. There's lots of transitions in life and you can use discernment effectively to uh, try to chart your path and all of them. But but I think retirement is one of those bigger transitions where, di- where discernment can really come into play. And with that goes Ignatian prayer. Learning Ignatian prayer is one of the other key, key elements of the, of the program. And many people will say, you, you asked, you know, feedback. Many people will say they've gone from being an occasional prayer to a daily prayer as a result of the program. And they see that as a, as a huge benefit. You know, in their life. So for you, what's been, um, I, tell me a story that's either been inspiring or motivating or um, just kind of captures for you the beauty of the program. For me, it's been inspiring to have people who were somewhat nervous, anxious, feared boredom about their retirement. One of the, one of the reasons they decided to join this program, many of them might be people who really don't have a choice on retirement. It's kind of time for them to retire and reach a stage where they actually will tell you, you know, I came into this program fearing retirement and now I'm much more excited about getting to my next chapter than staying in my current one. And then to see, you know, because we're three years old, we have some alums who've gotten engaged in some things to see that they are really content in that next chapter. We will reconvene alums every so often and so you get to hear the stories of of what people are doing and you know how how much of a difference they thought the program made in in how they're living their next chapter of life you know i i get a big thrill out of feeling like somehow something i'm involved in makes a positive impact on other people's lives and when you get to hear those stories firsthand 
it's very rewarding. And one of the things you hear a lot from, um, well, I hear a lot from retired folks is they are busier in their retirement than sometimes they were in their work life. Uh, so if you can find not just something to fill your time, but something to fulfill, to fulfill you as a person, what a gift that must be. So I'm guessing you see that a lot in your participants. And one of the things we, we emphasize, and I agree with you, is don't just out of fear of boredom, knee jerk into just doing anything to fill your time, whether it be volunteer work or not, but take some stock. And we do have some assessment tools in the programs to help people identify their strengths and, and spiritual gifts. And, but we really encourage them to try to find volunteer opportunities that really fit who they are and who they feel called to be. And also to test those opportunities before making a, a major commitment to them. The assumption being most people, once they start something, they don't like to quit it. So be careful before you commit. Most most things that you're going to volunteer for, you have an opportunity to experience, kick the tires before you make that commitment. But I think it's important that people take some time to really try to find the right fit, the fit that fits their strengths and gifts, but also the fit that seems to be in sync with what they feel God's calling them to do at that phase of their life. Excellent. I guess I have two questions. One, uh, has next chapter been your next chapter <laughs> in your own retirement? It, it, it definitely, it, it definitely, as I was trying to figure out my next chapter, it, it definitely is a big part of it. I'm also involved in uh, leading a group called Contemplative Leaders in Action, which is a, is a program for young adults that focuses on leadership development and, and uh, Ignatian spirituality, spiritual formation. Uh, so that's a component, and uh, you know, and I'm very involved in Loyola Academy as as their board chair right now. So I would say my next chapter, kind of work, volunteer work, so to speak, uh, has been the next chapter program. That's probably the biggest component of it, and the young adult program, and and being involved at Loyola. That's fabulous. In some weeks, I'm busier than I was when I worked. You know that. <laughs> I didn't really look at it that I was retiring from work. My next chapter was doing new work. And and sometimes, you know, that's the case. Um, right. When I actually retire from doing anything I'd call work, I don't know when that'll be. <laughs> yeah, one of the things we we do in the next chapter is, is there's a real practical component to it where people actually try to come up with a plan and I was thinking today, you know, in, in, in the plan, it, it kind of addresses who am I now and what do I do now and who would I like to be in my next chapter and what would I like to do in my next chapter. And I thought, you know, this shelter in place time is a time to be asking that kind of question is how would I like to change as a result of this shelter? And where do I want to come out on the other side of this? And one thing I didn't mention that things pop in my head as we're talking is we don't intentionally, this program is, is not called the last chapter. This is called the next chapter. The assumption there being that most of us will have many more chapters in our lives from the time we leave our paid employment. But we're, we're very hopeful that the discernment tools, that the process we acquaint people with will serve them well 
and transitioning through those subsequent chapters. So I just wanted to throw that out because I hadn't mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. So I wanted to ask you too, um, how are your participants doing now in this current moment? You know, you had mentioned before we really formally started that some of them are on their own and feeling kind of lonely. So how, how are things going for them right now? We've had to suspend our meetings. We had our February meeting, but we had, to, we had a retreat scheduled for March and we had a meeting scheduled at the end of March and we had a meeting scheduled at the end of April. And all those have had to be suspended. So what we're trying to do is maintain this community. That's another point that I would add with respect to next year is discerning what you want your next chapter to look like, we feel can be done much better in a group context than in a solitary context. And I think you would hear that over and over again from those people who have participated in the program, that they really thought that traveling with a group of similarly situated people was very helpful in the overall process. In terms of the, you know, the people you mentioned, we try to connect them at our normal meeting times via Zoom and have Zoom conference calls to keep everybody in touch. We were able to pretty much complete what we wanted to do in the fifth meeting, uh, but we have decided the sixth meeting cannot be a virtual meeting. That's our last meeting. So mm -hmm. we don't know when that sixth meeting will take place, but mm -hmm. if, if it's September, October, whenever it's going to be, we do want to conclude the program in a personal meeting. But, but I think one of the people, groups of people I feel, you know, the most sympathy for during this kind of shelter in place time is people living alone. And I, and I do feel like the community they've generated in this next chapter and the way we reconnect uh, is helpful to them during this coronavirus yeah. time. Oh yeah, it would have to be easy to feel isolated because in reality we are or you know people are just kind of confined in their own little spaces so all the more reason to be able to form community and somehow some way and i think that's one of the things speaking of community people fear a bit in their next chapter sometimes where you know my work community is going away and it isn't necessarily a primary goal of this program but it definitely is one of the things that happens and that is people do form new community that tends to continue after the program ended. And, and we encourage that, uh, but we don't take initiative for that. We don't take the initiative. It's really up to the group of people to stay in touch, but, but they do, which is a good thing. That is wonderful. Okay, Any, anything else that you wanna share? Any holes that we need to fill in with regard to the whole program? Maybe one global comment or would be, the program isn't really designed to be a lecture format where we give you the answers on how to live your next chapter. It's really a personal journey. It's a guided personal journey with a group of similarly situated people where I think we offer a lot of tools that can help people make that journey effectively. But it, it really is a personal journey. And it isn't a program that really focuses on the financial part of retirement. There's plenty of programs, you know, out there that, that address that. Uh, it's really focusing on personal side of retirement. So I think other than that, I can't think of anything. <laughs> okay, great. So if people want more information, they can go to www.nextchapterprogram.org. 
Right. Or they can go through the Office of Mission and Identity website. There's a link for more information there as well. Correct. Yeah, and we will be holding information sessions. We've uh, actually set the dates the other day in September and early October. If this shelter-in-place permits, we're, we're planning one on in June. Uh, I think it's June 14th, June 16th at 6.30 at Boilo Hall. If that one can't take place, there will be one on September 14th, September 21st, and on uh, October the 6th. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for being with us today. I love hearing about this. This is just a fantastic program. And, you know, as far as um, the Office of Mission and Identity is concerned, this is just another example of how the mission is hidden in plain sight. So thank you for the work you're doing with Next Chapter. And we wish you and your family and all the folks involved with Next Chapter all our best and make sure you stay safe on these right. weird days. The same. I wish you all the best and everybody that works in the office and the whole SLU community. And I just, I haven't really said it during this, but I just want to say a special thanks to Father Chris Collins for his enthusiastic support of the program from the beginning. It's made a big difference. Absolutely. Amen.